Yeah, so today is our Testimony Sunday. Um, I think this um, little slot from Surf's Delis was a great just lead into our Testimony Sunday, just hearing testimonies of what God's doing in those spaces. Um, but yeah, it's really just a time to share what God's doing in our lives, um, just to be encouraged by one another. Um, so yeah, I just really want to encourage you, um, come and share what God's doing in your life. Uh, it might be something that God's done, or it might be a work that God is still busy doing that you're in the midst of. Um, so yeah, um, who is going to be the brave one to come up? Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Morning, church. Um, I'm new here. It's my first morning, my first Sunday here. Just relocated from the Eastern Cape. I'm going to be working in Stellenbosch, living in Paul. Um, <laughs> I'm going to follow you because I'm going to cry. I know Robin from some time back um, where we did a, a get-together at Common Ground in Cape Town. Um, and just arriving here this morning and seeing her actually made me feel like this is home. Um, because when you have that connection with somebody, it's, it's, it's actually quite important. I must remember to hold this close to my mouth. So just a testimony is... Um, my wife, Michelle, is a house mother um, of, a, of an organization called Breath of Life, where we, fo where we don't foster, it's a place of safety where we take in abandoned babies, and this is in the Eastern Cape in East London. Currently, there are 16 babies in the home, and it's just heartbreaking when you see these babies come into um, the organization. And how some of these babies, because of the system that doesn't work, stays with you for like two years and then eventually gets adopted, which is just such an amazing thing to witness. It really is. But God has called us to the Western Cape. I believe God has called us here for a reason. And whether I've come here for work, I believe that he sent us here for a reason. And I've just got the strong sense that One Hope Church is our home. So I would just like to get to know you all. My family only arrives on the 15th of December. Um, so I've got time. Yeah. <laughs> I've got time. And I think at the end of the day, when the rest of my family arrive, you're probably going to know them already. So, um, but just a quick little story. The way Satan tries to prevent us from doing what God wants us to do and follow his word is the fact is that on the way from East London to the Western Cape two weeks ago, my bucky broke down outside Jeffrey's Bay. But I pulled into the garage, and right there was an auto repair shop. Now, I mean, really, you don't find auto repair shops in filling stations. Took it there. My bucky's still there being fixed. But we managed to do things that I could still get to the Western Cape. I still believe that I had to come in the back in the back here to break down with me. Because if I'd come in my wife's car, the back would have broken down with her. And God was protecting us as a family. So we might sit and say, why is this happening to me? I mean, like, really? You know, God, where are you? No, no, God's there. He's right there all the time. And the things that happen to us is his will and his protection over us as his children. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome and lovely to meet you.
Right, so if you've got any testimonies, if you want to filter through to the... Yes, hello. Yes. Sorry, what is your name? Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. It's great to have you with us. Um, so those who've got testimonies, you want to filter through and you can come sit on the front row here. Um, who's, who's going to be next up? Preparing with tissue is always necessary. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, but I do see the timer here. Um, and that is something <laughs> because I went over it this morning and it was 11 minutes, not three to five. So I'm trusting for a miracle that I'll get it done in five minutes. <laughs> um, so I have never really seen Stelly's as a home. Um, I studied here, just a bit of background knowledge. I studied here, I left, and I've come back this year to do my PGCE to be a qualified teacher. Um, so I went to England <clears throat> in June, um, and when I got back to Stelly's, I had this overwhelming feeling of home. And I was like, that's weird, because my plan was to go overseas. <laughs> Yeah, this coming year. So anyway, I started applying for jobs in August for anywhere in South Africa. Um, and from past experience, I know that my heart is with underprivileged kids. And I also really enjoy teaching boys in the high school um, category. So on the 17th of September, I applied for a job at Calling Academy. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously I have applied to about 70 jobs and that is not an overstatement. You can come and look at my inbox. Um, but yeah, I just, while I was writing this um, down, I looked at some of my journal and I just said to the Lord, like, Lord, I now feel like I want to be in Cape Town, but the possibility seems non-existent please help me not have false hope. Um, anyway, I, in the interim, I had an interview with a company in the Northwest, a school in the Northwest, and I tried to convince myself, okay, the Northwest, like, I could do that. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure, uh, yeah, it would be good. <laughs> but I still had this urge to pray about that I would not find out about the job until Calling Academy had gotten back to me. Anyway, um, on the 10th of October, I found out that I had been shortlisted for Calling Academy, um, but that there was a lot of interest in the position, so there would be more than one round of interviews. Um, <clears throat> on, I had an interview on the 14th, and it went well. On the 20th, I received an email that I had made it to the second round. Um, but they asked me to please come the next day and teach. So with less than 24 hours to prepare, I had lectures, I had exams to study for, and I was looking after a one and three year old. Um, I did not know how this was gonna go down. But um, the interview and that whole day just went so smoothly and I can only attribute that to God. Um, anyway, that was the Friday, and on the Sunday it was my niece's birthday. Um, so I tried to call my sister. She didn't answer, so I called my brother-in-law. Myself and my brother-in-law have, that was our second phone call of the year, probably. So, 
But anyway, we got chatting and I told them about the interview and just how it went really well. But I am nervous because I need to make a living next year. I can't, you know, um, be running 50 million jobs um, to make it. And he just said to me, like, if it's in God's will, he will provide. Um, <clears throat> so he asked me, what do you want? What figure would you want at any school? Any school? So I told him, he's like, now add 10% to that and pray. I was like, oh. I was like, okay, um, I'm going to do it. Um, and I really, I felt so encouraged by that. And he just said how, you know, God wants to bless us, especially when, well, when it's in his will, he wants to bless us and he will provide. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, so like I said, my interview was on the 21st. Uh, the second round and it went really well but by the first of November I still hadn't heard anything and I was like okay they had a lot of interest I'm gonna start looking <laughs> again but I had my quiet time and um, since I chatted to my brother-in-law I just had that pressing of like ask God for for the things that you think cannot happen um, so in my quiet time um, I came across Psalm 37 Luke chapter 5 and Numbers chapter 15. And in each one of those, in Psalm 37, um, I just felt like God was saying, um, well, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. So I was like, okay, I need to be patient. He will act um, and I just need to delight in him. In Luke chapter 5, it speaks about how Jesus tells them to throw their nets um, into the, whatever, the lake or whatever it was. And, um, and he, um, I think it was Simon? Yes. Simon said, I've been working all night and I haven't caught anything. And the Lord said, throw your nets in. And when they did, there was an unexplainable amount of fish. Um, and then Numbers 15 speaks about how our desires lead us astray. So I just felt like God was saying, pursue me, delight in me, trust me, I'm going to bless you. Um, and my devotion even spoke about how we should bring our decisions to God, ask him to act and trust him, watching in faith that he will act. That day at 12 o'clock, I got a phone call and I got the job at calling <laughs> And that figure was exceeded. So, and that is just God's goodness. Like, honestly, I was so overwhelmed. Um, and I will say with my job search, I found it pretty easy to um, rely on God. I really did. But there are other areas in my life that it is a struggle. Um, and so I just, I'm so overwhelmed by God's grace to give me this testimony to help me have faith for those other areas um, and so maybe to some other people here going through the same thing that God is just saying delight in me commit everything you do to me be patient and when the time is right you will drop your nets into the water and it will exceed your expectations thank you that's amazing Nikita for selfish reasons that we're so glad that you're staying in Stillies and not going to the northwest <laughs> so we're so glad you got the job as well
Sergio. Robs, I think I got this today. <laughs> Don't think there's enough. <laughs> Uh, almost found my mom. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start off with a scripture, Psalm 91. It was a scripture that was ministered to Cora and I. I don't think she remembers, but just the day before her mom passed away, January 2020. And then it was something that come, came out when my grand passed away earlier this year, that it was her favorite scripture. And it was something that, that's just really stuck with me. And you know, if, if, you know, if those who don't know, like, it, it, it hasn't been an easy year. It hasn't been an easy couple of years. But, um, but there's, there, there's such a hope and a, such a, a blessing of, of, of God in, in, in these tough times. And I'd like to share that with, with you all. So let me just first read it. Um, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly uh, pestilence. <laughs> um, he will cover you with his, his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. He will, his faithfulness is a shield and a, a buckler. He will, not, he will not fear the terror of the night, nor the, the arrow that flies by, by day, nor the pestilence of the stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. At a, thou, a, thousands may, a thousand may fall at, at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will, you will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall, shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come, come, come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And all their, all their hands will bear up, at least strike your foot against the stone. Uh, you will tread upon on the lion and, and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot, because he beholds fast to me in love. I will deliver him. I will protect him, because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show the, the, the show him my salvation. And it's just it, it, when we, when we when we read this, it 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 it's it, it's one of those one of those psalms where 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 you you're waiting for the for the sort of the you know the 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 conquering of the war the the you know the 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 absolute like you know the the the, the hero to come out and and. At first, I couldn't find it. I was, I was, I was like, where, "Where is this? You know, Lord, where, like, like, yes, you're with me." And 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 what 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 he's not saying is 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 that you won't have these things come upon you. That death and um, health and that sort of thing will not be part of your life. He's saying that in that. I will be with you. You know, he, I, you will be guarded when when those arrows are flying at you. I, I will be your shield in that. And, and, and it's really, and, and, and uh, another scripture is, is, is in Deuteronomy and, and Genesis, it speaks about sowing in the famine. 
Um, and that's something that 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 that, that really to like this, this whole morning I've been speaking about is is in in these really hard times of of, of um, Cora being being diagnosed with with multiple sclerosis. Like we we it it it, it was something that that really tore a lot of things away from 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 from, from us. And we're like, Lord, what what is this? Who like what, like why? And then you see how Cora's life touches others. And how, how she's able to minister in ill health, in in waking up every morning, you know, with with something that that that, that literally ravages the body, and still is able to wake up with a smile on her face every single day, no ma no matter what how grumpy I am, there's always there's always like a, a smile and 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 that. We speak about her, her, her mom that, that that passed away, and mom was her best friend. Um, and and it's and it's speaking about sowing in 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 that famine is she sowed into a relationship that she would never see the the true fruit of. She sowed into a girl's life for many many years, and that very very girl that she sowed into would become our surrogate to carry our child because Cora couldn't carry our child, and it's just. We don't know the things that he has planned for us, but I promise you, I promise you from the bottom of our heart, it's far greater than what we could ever see, or even if that we will see in, in our lifetime. He, he's here for us, he guards us under his wings, and he's truly, truly a great God for us. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are such an encouragement to us uh, as we just watch you trusting in the Lord and all these struggles. You guys are a real encouragement to us. Um, Sergio and I, um, we're going to do the testimony together. <laughs> and then he said he just wants a chance on his own first. <laughs> and they say, um, ooh, <laughs> okay. Um, after every successful man, there's a very successful wife. <laughs> so... Um, Sergio touched briefly on um, what was happening, but just for you um, in church who don't know, um, we wanted a child five years ago, and um, because of my multiple sclerosis and also my depression, um, it was pushed out and out and out. <laughs> And um, I tried to go off my medication and yeah, I ended up in mental hospital. And in mental hospital was the last time I saw my mom and I do not recall that. Um, yeah, it was in December and that January she passed away and it felt like the end of my life. It really did. Um, but God carried me through that. And um, your yeah, doctors advised us to um, follow the route of surrogacy, and because um, we we can still um, have our own biological child, which, which is amazing. Um, we definitely for adoption, but um, we also for surrogacy. Um, Yes, and um, it was amazing. So our surrogate's sister was my best friend in high school, and she passed away from cancer. And um, her, the surrogate and my mom was very close friends. My mom was a spiritual mentor, and she was praying for me. And I and she was praying for me, um, struggling through not having a child. And 
she just said one day, I wish I could be your surrogate. And then I said, you know what, actually you can. <laughs> and the rest is history. And um, Sergio and I was a bit wary of telling the story because we're not at the end of the story yet. Um, because we don't have a child yet, um, we've still got to do the implant. And there's always that little bit of fear creeping in of what if it doesn't work? Um, but our last story is not a journey. Ah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> our, love our last story is not a destination. Our last story is not a child or um, something that we achieve. Our last story is a journey. And we're so privileged to have all of you on this journey with us. Well done for your courage uh, in sharing. That's just beautiful, Cora. Thank you. Ethan, you look like a man with a testimony. It's really great. Oh, hello, sound guy. Ah, wait, it's me. Um, it's really great because I always say that I don't like talking, but every time there's a chance to talk, I am here with the mic. So, am I loud enough? Do you want to see if the volume's coming through? Are you okay? Cool, yeah. Right, so the last month or so has been a bit. Uh, it's, yeah, no, it hasn't been very easy, but through that, there's just been so much um, like the Rocking the Daisies, Red Frogs, which is such a blessing to me, and worship evenings that I've been experiencing. And. I think as a young person, it's very easy to... Okay, third off. As a young person, it's very easy to be caught up in the world and how it seems almost hopeless. But yeah, um, I think, so with Red Frogs, I got to see so much hope and so many So many beautiful people just sharing and touching people's lives in such a special way. And even just through worship evenings that I've been part of now, um, like you see that God isn't done. And that's fine. It's all good. We're, we're fine. I'm a man. I don't cry. Uh, just a joke. Um, yeah, but just seeing how God really touched people's lives and is so not done with Stellenbosch and not done with One Hope as a body and just telling me, like, I'm not done with you either. So lots of hope. And Jesus is alive, and it's just been so encouraging to me. Well done, Ethan. Ian and Adi have taught us that emotion is not a bad thing, so it's good that we're practicing that today and <laughs> leaning into that. Um, tell you what, Christ, uh, Christelle, do you want to... Uh, I think we need to, uh, The guys are coming in strong today. I think it's time for some more women. Thanks so much. Hopefully my phone recognizes my face today. Okay. Um, well, it seems like the theme today is hope eh? and faith and just oh, his faithfulness. So bear with me as well. Robs, I'm not looking at you today. <laughs> if I do get emotional, Terry, it's really extreme thankfulness and just being so overwhelmed with his goodness. 
Um, and if I make bad jokes, just bear with me. It's my way of lightening the mood. Um, I'm going to read because I don't want to really miss out on anything. So um, I have felt a feeling of worthlessness my entire life, like I don't belong and like the, nothing I do is ever good enough. This obviously leads to a feeling of rejection and insecurity taking over my life. This was due to a very emotional, challenging upbringing, a lot of jealousy and en envy, lies and many other things. I know I, I might be shocking some people today that never knew this, or maybe thought that I have no reason to feel this way. I have felt that way as well, that I didn't have a reason to feel this way. Or you might think, oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> I went on antidepressants in my high school year and to many psychologists out of pure desperation of not knowing what to do to feel better until I was about 25 years old. I have had thoughts of suicide more than once in my life. And I felt that feeling of utter numbness, being overwhelmed and not wanting to get out of bed. This was also causing a lot of health issues and fatigue, as my mental state was just in such a bad place. To give you a backstory of my walk with God, um, I got saved at the age of 13 and then at 19. Um, looking back, I definitely think it's the thing that got me through hardships and making me stand here today. Obviously, support from our family and husband and friends, but that's a story for another day. Um, there has been a lot of religiousness, backsliding, and one foot in the world until now. So if it's the first time you see us at the church, we've actually been here for eight years. Um, and this church has just been absolutely amazing in allowing us to work, walk our journey with no judgment or pressure to work through extreme brokenness and uncertainty. At the age of 25, I started really spending time in the Word, and I felt clearly God said to me that I had to go off my antidepressants. I was working with my um, psychiatrist, and by the time Emma, I felt pregnant with Emma, I was off my antidepressants. This, um, and let me tell you, <laughs> it was actually the toughest time in our life since then. Um, from a colleague baby, my parents divorced, losing five members over a period of two to three years, losing our business, which was heartbreaking, and not knowing what the future held for us, to studying again, to earn an income, working, studying, being a mom, mom simultaneously, COVID and a lot of hurt in relationships and hurtful things that were spoken over me. Losing our business put a lot of pressure on me to keep this thing going at home as my husband was in a very dark place for a few months. Coping actually became my thing <laughs> and it felt good. It felt good to be able to deal with a lot and it started taking my eyes off of God again. Busyness takes you away from God. It becomes your idol. It becomes the thing you run to when you feel worthless or overwhelmed as it gives you temporary satisfaction. Until you are so burnt out that you don't even have the energy to read Bible, visit friends, or go through your daily responsibilities. I call it the bad snowball effect. Um, this year, he has allowed for a lot of stability to be taken away. Friendships, finances, my sp parents splitting up again. So they were divorced, got together again, and now they split up again, if you didn't understand that one. Um, and me tearing my ACL to realize how completely broken I actually was still. I was empty, empty so bad that I did not have the energy to read Bible, which obviously made things worse. I started with an emotional healing intense course, which was all based on God's word every week for 14 weeks now, and it's still about five weeks to go. Obviously, God knew I had to do something intensely for my hard-headedness. <laughs> um, God will use whatever, oh, what I wanted to say is to make it clear, God used the course to change my life. doesn't mean this course is your answer as well. 
He uses what he needs to use so that you listen and obey. Um, so just listen when he speaks. The first three times was torment. I remember every time crying, saying to the Lord, I am so empty, I have nothing to give, and forcing myself to go. By week seven, I had a panic attack twice that day. Um, as I realized how much work I had to do and how much I had to pray for, how little I actually knew and how broken I have become, it overwhelmed me and it numbed me. This was really a tough week. But by week eight, I was sitting on the course, feeling overwhelmed again in worship, and I felt the Lord say clearly to me, give it to me and stop trying to control everything. Oh God, you as you go along, step for step and layer for layer. Okay, now I need to bring it up a bit more. <laughs> I will do the work. I just need you to submit it all to me. It was in that place of utter brokenness where God was able to speak to me as my heart and my ears were open truly to his voice. I was reminded again of that verse, Ephesians 6 verse 12. 6 verse 12. Um, we are not fighting against flesh and blood and rulers of this world, but against the unseen world, realizing that I absolutely cannot try and win this battle on my own. He wants to say... He wants us to say out loud what we are struggling with. Say it on its name so we can give the power over to him and loosen ourselves from it. For me, it was rejection, bitterness, and unforgiveness, and a whole lot more. <laughs> he wants to free us, but we need to be willing to say it out loud that that thing is a problem and give it to him to get released from it and stop feeling ashamed. I stand before you all being off medication for seven years now, not going for counseling or having help from any other sources. Then Jesus, for the first time in years, I feel like I can breathe again, like I can smile again, and honestly, I cannot believe I'm standing in front of you guys today. I thought I would never get here, so this is actually the part. <laughs> so what I want to say to you guys today is stop trying to try and change it yourself. Keep on giving it over daily, hourly, every minute, on every minute of every day, and he will free you. If you feel overwhelmed, if you feel tired, come and lay it at his feet. Let go. Nothing is too much for him to handle or forgive of you. Go and let him fill your empty spaces. There's always, always, always hope. <laughs> um, and in him and his love for you, you will never be able to understand so I asked the church today to play a song for you um, that has meant a lot to me. So if you feel like it, just close your eyes, just take it in and let God come and counsel and fill you and let him free you today and let him do the work and just breathe. <laughs> Christelle, thanks so much for your courage in sharing and it's just so beautiful to just hear of the uh, work of healing that God's doing in your life. Clive. Morning, everyone. Um, I'm going to start uh, just with uh, a verse from John 16:33, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples just before going to the cross. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That scripture used to uh, bug me a lot more than it does these days. Uh, God has um, shown me the beautiful truth um, of, of his word. So this year, trouble found me, tribulation found me, and uh, after a, a long uh, 
20 plus year relationship and uh, more than 15 years, almost 15 years of marriage, um, finalizing a divorce. And uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize that's uh, a very, very difficult thing to walk through. Um, and uh, if you know me personally and you know what's important in my life and what I value, you'll understand just the significance and the enormity of this event in my life. Um, and at times, the, the, the shock and the pain and the grief were, were enormous. But our God is good. Um, and I just want to quickly read Psalm 116, which he actually gave to me after my dad died 14 years ago um, and at other places in my walk with him. Because it, it actually describes what I want to share with you today almost better than I can in my own words. I love you, Lord, for you've heard my voice. You've heard my cries for mercy. Because you inclined your ear to me, I will call on you as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. And I have suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. That's me, praise God. When I was brought low, he saved me. And return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. It goes on, but I'll, I'll leave there. So, praise God, he knows the beginning from the end. And as much of a shock as this was to me, it wasn't to him. And when I look back, I can see that um, he spent large parts of my life uh, building me up in faith, but particularly the last year and a half before this, he built up my faith and my, just the reality of, of who he is and his goodness and um, experiencing him on a daily basis. No matter what was happening in my life, I made, I, I remember I, I heard the birds chirping outside the morning, outside the window one morning, and I just had this sort of God moment, and I realized, you know, it almost without fail, those birds are praising God every morning, because that's what the Bible tells us they're doing. And I thought, I can do that. No matter what else is going on, I can do that. And I, I, he grew a discipline in me to spend time with him. And in that process, he, he built me up in faith to such a beautiful place that he, he, uh, he could carry me through this storm. And his voice and his comfort and his love in this um, time has been just too wonderful to describe. There are actually so many moments um, that I can't share with you because they're deeply personal, but just... His, his word in a specific moment um, was just amazing. In fact, the one thing I will share with you, at one point I was, I was walking the dogs. I did a lot of walking to process. And uh, I, I just thought about what was happening. And, and, I, and I, I realized, you know, in some perspective, my life is over. And I, and I literally said it out loud. I said, God, you know, my life is over, but you are good. And as soon as I said that, the, I just experienced this wave of overwhelming love and comfort. And, uh, you know, like right after that, Ryan, he's somewhere here, he phoned me. He was asking, checking how I was doing. And, and I was just sharing the goodness of God and the love of God and the comfort of God. And I said, you know, a bit facetiously, but I said, it's almost so good, it's almost enough to make you seek out trouble. <laughs> Which is quite an amazing statement from somebody who's done his best to avoid trouble his whole life. Um, and yeah, he's just... More than that, though, he's kept me in a place of love and forgiveness. And any time I've got bitter or angry, he's just, I've come to the, to the word and he's humbled me and he's shown me his goodness. And it's allowed me to walk in strength and in courage and in love, which has just been such a benefit 
to those around me, particularly my family. Um, and, you know, I've had feedback from people um, that have come to me and, and shared with me how encouraged they are uh, by how I'm handling this process, you know, and it's not me. Uh, you know, obviously, depending on, on them and their level of faith, they'll find a way to explain it or, or to give thanks to God. But I'm just so grateful because my prayer for so long has been, I don't want to live a powerless life. I don't want to be a, a Christian in name only, that you cannot see the difference in my life between somebody who believes and doesn't believe. And he has such a beautiful testimony of that. So I just want to give, finish up by giving thanks to God for his love and grace over my life and this walk. Um, and how he's at work in my life and in the life of my family. I want to give thanks for this church. We've heard it quite a lot on the family camp. We've heard it from the new joiner today that this feels like home. Uh, before coming down to Stellenbosch, I prayed to God for a, a community, and I've definitely found that. And I'm just grateful for each one of you and those that have been praying and have come alongside me. And uh, just particularly uh, the gifts that God puts in the body, each one of us. Um, it's just so beautiful to see um, those gifts in people. And uh, we had uh, the sermon series on it earlier this year. But I actually just want to give thanks for you, Paulie. And uh, this man has been uh, blessed by God with a pastoral gift. And I never really understood what a pastor was until um, this year. And just really got to experience that um, during this time. And just to, to see Jesus in you. And uh, to have that come through, it's just been so amazing. So, yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, thanks, Clive. We have really been encouraged as we've watched you leaning into God and just walking this difficult journey with him. Um, right, as always, we always run out of time on Testimony Sunday. It's always difficult. There's so much to say. Um, there was a young gentleman who came in and said he wanted to share testimony. Um, so we've got time maybe for one testimony. Three lined up. It's always a problem. Sorry? Um, hi. So it's like totally by chance that I'm here today because, I mean, I go to like four different churches, but my family comes here. So we decided to come see family today. Um, and God really said I have to talk. So I'm choosing to be obedient. So I have struggled my whole life. Always wanted to study. Always wanted to be a psychologist. It was my goal. And I had to work. So I worked. And... Every time I started getting there, something I chose or something I did knocked me down. Um, I worked, I crashed my car. I started doing yacht courses, I crashed my car, I kind of stopped that. I went to America and I worked and depression kicked me out of that a couple of months early. I went through massive struggles that December, but I earned enough money to start my courses and start my studying. When it started, I lost my job. I had to quit, I had to pay off debt, Unisa wasn't taking applications. I have tried and tried, I've gone from house to house, from job to job, doing whatever it is I could do to try and stay alive. And then I found myself in the beginning of this year with no money, nowhere to live, in the middle of Gauteng with no church and no family and no friends around me. And it was one of the hardest times of my life and my mom called me and she just said, I mean, you've got to have blind faith. I just 
it was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life at that time. And I was like, I am eating a can of baked beans that I opened with a butter knife because I had no sharp knives or can opener nearby me. And I was so proud of it. I said everyone, I was like, hey guys, look what I did. So that's what I ate. I had literally nothing besides a possibility of a job lined up and luckily a room to sleep in. And I walked for six hours the next day. I just walked around because I had nothing to do. And God just told me, how, like, how dare I be so ungrateful for what I have, for the ability that I'm still alive, that I can still work, that I can still hope and pray for a better future. And so I was very humbled in that moment and I gave my life to God again almost. I don't know, it sounds strange to say because I mean I've done it so many times. But he helped me in that moment so much and I got a really good job and for the next six months I was provided for but then once again I was smacked with a brick and that job was taken out from under me and I'm kind of back starting again but this time with a much better outlook but yeah so I've got some more hard times coming and I just felt like saying no matter what you're going through no matter how hard it feels you can really lean on God. Literally when you have nothing and when you have no idea what to do or where you're going or what's coming up, God is there and God will provide. I mean, I'm alive, so you know, is that. Yeah. Yeah, if you yeah, so reminded of God's faithfulness um, and that often God's faithfulness is through those really difficult times and that he carries us through those difficult times and so encouraging to hear those testimonies uh, of God's faithfulness through, through struggles.